Hello and welcome to the Heal Your Heart, Heal Your Life podcast with Kiara Jade. Um, today's episode is going to be about how I went from fearing men to engage to one and essentially my trauma journey and my healing story. I hope you guys get something out of this. So when I was 15, I had my first relationship, which also happened to be my first abusive relationship as well. And it pretty much took its toll on me really hard in terms of, you know, being my first relationship. Like that's what I thought, you know, love was. That's what I expected relationships to be. I wasn't sure what was normal and what was a healthy relationship and what was an unhealthy relationship. Um, and when you're 15, you like, you just have no self, self-esteem or self-worth or love of yourself. You just, it's all you see is your insecurities. All you see is, you know, the fat rolls or, you know, the legs that need to be shaved. You are not valuing your amazing qualities at all. Or if you are, congratulations. I wish I was there, but I was not there when I was 15. Um, and good on, good on you if you are already there. Like I can only imagine what an amazing adult you'll become. Um, but that's okay if you guys are also like me and aren't there yet because it takes time. These things take time. Um, so yeah, so he was pretty controlling and very emotionally manipulative where he knew all the right words to say, knew how to draw me in. I was very emotional. I was very um, sensitive to other people's feelings and I cared about people probably too much. Um, I was just willing to self-sacrifice myself and he just kind of played into that completely and utterly um, to his advantage to kind of um, escalate the, the relationship in whichever way he decided fit. And this for me, who was a people pleaser, who never stood up for myself in my entire life, who had been bullied my whole life, like I couldn't couldn't really manage that that wasn't really a conversation about conflict we were having that was just a smile and nod and then end up horrified by the end when you look back and reflect on things so that's where we start this story but that's not where I want to focus this story because it's not about what we've been through it's about how we've healed this whole podcast the whole point of this podcast is I want you to be able to come on here and go how did that pe person manage that situation how did they deal with it and how did they heal from it because this relationship alone took me 10 years to work through 10 years of my life before I felt ready and comfortable and able to have a healthy relationship again um that's a long time it's a long time I think in a way being 15 and then being 25 um I don't feel like I missed out on anything, but I feel like when people have these horrific experiences, sometimes they never go back to dating ever again. They're just that traumatized by the situation that it just stays with them. And that I find heartbreaking because I was this little 15 year old and all I wanted to do was be loved. That's all I wanted. I saw my parents' relationship, which they were childhood sweethearts, like loved each other since they were 15, never never kind of broke up or anything um and in my mind in my little fantasy mind I was like that's gonna happen to me too right like no not at all not at all my path but that's okay because I wouldn't be where I am today if it was my path um 
so yeah, so I ended up leaving that relationship. I he kind of pushed the boundaries for the last time and I wasn't happy and I knew that and so I left and reflected back on the whole thing and realized that that entire relationship was not what I wanted to be doing at all and that I'd realized I had been manipulated and I realized that I had been almost preyed upon that was the feeling um that my kindness was was taken for weakness and I guess at the time when I couldn't stand up for myself maybe it was um and I was left traumatized essentially um and as a 15 year old as a 16 year old you're like what do I do with trauma like how do I handle this and of course the most logical and natural thing to do at that age at that time was to just bury it and pretend it never happened I lied to my friends I lied to my I think I had a therapist at the time. I don't even think I told the therapist. Like it just was not something I was ready to deal with. And I lied to myself because I thought if I can lie to myself, I can make it all go away. And, you know, if I believe it never happened, then no one else around me is ever going to bring this up again. And that's where we start our story. We start our story in pretending trauma didn't exist when it very clearly existed. And it was very much a part of my life. And but there was still that part of me, there was still that part of me that wanted to be loved and wanted to have that amazing relationship that my parents had and knew that it was out there. And then I was like, why can't I have that? You know, um, how do I get that? Um, but my journey was different. So then most of those 10 years was me blocking it out. Oh, maybe half. Um, I got to about my twenties and you know, you're going out partying, going out clubbing, you're trying to meet someone. Um, and it wasn't until I started really wanting to meet someone and putting myself out there and, you know, going up to people, even though you're terrified, like there was a party I was at where I went up to someone and they were the only person in the whole room I didn't know because it was a high school party. Um, they were a plus one. I was like, I'm going to go just say hello, you know, just put myself out there and try and find the one essentially. And he ended up being like the most horrifying guy I ever, well, I don't know. I don't know. It was just a really atrocious conversation. Yeah. I'll tell you guys, like, here's the tea guys. Um, <laughs> um, essentially we were something along the lines of, are you Italian? Da, 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 da. I am Italian, my background anyway. Um, and you tend to find that when you're talking to other Italians for some reason, like they want to know what area you're from or whatever. And that's a common occurrence. So yeah, having that conversation, cool, cool, cool. Do you speak Italian? I was like, look, I tried <laughs> miserably failed in high school, but you know, I did my best. Um, but no, I'm just going to go with no on that. Um, and he was like, wow, can you imagine if I spoke Italian? Like you would be so wet for me the seat would be dripping and I was just like I was just like shock like pure shock like how do you respond to something like that I just what is the appropriate way probably a big f you I'd say is probably the appropriate way to respond to <laughs> but me who didn't know how to stand up for myself who didn't know how to hold my boundaries and go oh my god what ran to the bathroom that was my way of managing conflict I have to go I have to pee you find most people don't argue with that when you say that to them. 
um, ran to the bathroom and hid for pretty much the rest of the night. I was just like mortified that you would have the arrogance to even say something like that to someone. But anyway, like, I don't know, maybe if you've been dating for three years and you have that loving, you know, connection already and you can just muck around and be still, like, I, that would be a situation where I would laugh it off, but just, just a weird thing to say. But anyway, whatever, <laughs> good on him. We live and we learn, don't we? And we laugh. Um, so I had that happen. And then in the space of like a month, I had another like four really creepy, horrible skin crawling uh, encounters with people that were not the people I was trying to attract. I wanted that love connection. I wanted that relationship. I wanted that, I guess soulmates you could say. Um, I did not want to be disrespected. I did not want people who were treating me like objectifying me as like a, as body parts or as like just some girl at the club that they can do whatever they want with. Like that is not the relationship I wanted. And, but that was the, the relationships or the people I was meeting. That was what I was getting. Right. And I had this realization of, I think my past trauma is hindering me from finding those love relationships. Like, I think there's something that I've blocked out that I haven't been able to process that is coming back into my reality now. And you'll find that often with like things that have affected us significantly, often blocking it out and, or even just not having a memory, trauma will just give you no memories is a very common way to, way to manage it and way to deal with it. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think unfortunately the consequence of that is that you will find it comes up in other times in your life because it's trying to get cleared. So I'm very spiritual. This podcast will have tidbits of spiritual throughout all of it. It's just the way I look at the world. Um, and take it or leave it. You guys are entitled to your opinions. I would never tell you you have to believe what I say. Like, that's not what this is about. Um, but spiritually, if you look at it from a spiritual perspective of like, the universe wants you to grow to be your best version of yourself, right? They want you to grow to be this amazing person who fulfilled their life's purpose, lives out their dreams and, you know, is changing the world essentially. Um, and I think trauma is what holds us back from that. When we don't process things and we don't, we can't learn and grow from them. From them. Um, and that learning and that growth brings us to a space of being able to help and heal others. And that's why, this is why I'm a relationship coach, guys, because I went through this experience when I was younger. I don't think I would be a relationship coach otherwise, um, because this life journey is what I've been working on for so many years. And it's what I know, back to front, like the back of my hand. It's what I can see in other people's relationships now. Um, so the universe will keep throwing you these curveballs that resemble your past trauma as a way of I guess, helping you grow into that person you need to be. Even though to us, it is just like, what are these creepy dudes coming at me for? This is not helping me. This is hindering me. Um, and it's, it's scary. It's terrifying. Um, working through your stuff is not an easy thing to do. I take my hat off to anyone who has done the level of growth that that entails. But on the other end of that, once you get through the fire and the flames, there is peace and there is joy and there is healthy relationships, right? I know because I've done it. 
um, it's worth the hardship. It's worth going back and unpacking what happened to you. Um, it's worth, if you don't have the memories, it's worth just noting the triggers that are going on and being like, okay, this has triggered me. Why has this triggered me? What was it about this situation? Did I feel unsafe? Was it unexpected? And maybe my, my past trauma was unexpected or, you know, did I feel controlled? What is it about this that is really affecting me? And usually you'll know, you'll know when it's a trigger because you'll be heaps more affected than what people expect you to be. So some creepy guy in a bar is like probably every Saturday night. But for me, that is so horrifying that I just did not want to go out again at all. But for someone else who doesn't have my trauma and doesn't have that, they might just, you know, go, oh, go away, whatever. And it's, it might not be pleasant, but it's maybe not something that's going to stay with them. So that's where I was at in my 20s. That's where I started from. And that's where that's what propelled me into my growth. I was like, I am not standing for this anymore. I don't want to put up with this for the rest of my life. I don't want to be married to someone who is going to treat me horribly because I never learned to stand up for myself, essentially. Um, because that's the thing too. We often find that the partners we attract will reflect back things to us that we haven't healed within ourselves. Um, Again, the universe is like, you should really heal and grow. And you're like, that's really scary and hard. I don't want to do that. And they're like, well, how about we throw this person at you? Who's, you know, really attractive, seems really nice in the beginning. All things are great. And you're like, yeah, I'll do a relationship. You know, that doesn't seem like personal growth is really scary and hard. It seems fun. And you jump right in. And then year down the track, you realize that person is not who you expected them to be and they're gonna trigger you again, potentially. And suddenly I had this fear of men. And then, and this lack of trust, lack of trust within myself, my ability to make decisions, to choose the right people, um, to see the red flags. Like I just, I did not trust myself. And, what I thought would remedy that, what my next step was, was literally just to learn everything there is to know about red flags in relationships and narcissism and, you know, people who manipulate, emotional manipulation. What is that? What does that look like? And I just learned everything there was under the sun about those kind of relationships. But did that solve the problem? No. I felt a little bit more confident in my ability to pick them but I still would have known what to do if I had red flags in front of me like what do I do in that situation um and so even with the PhD in narcissism there was more to learn um and I found there was a lot of time where I was sitting in blame where I was like how dare this happen to me you shouldn't have done that and just feeling really frustrated with the situation and angry at the world and angry at men and all of that kind of stuff but that didn't it didn't really help either I just got more angrier the more I kind of went down that rabbit hole and so I got to this point where I was like you know what I'm gonna try and shift my mindset here and what if 
instead of blaming the world, I look inward and I go, what can I do to fix this situation? Because when you're blaming externally, you kind of have no control over that situation. Like you could walk outside and something horrible could happen and, you know, there's no control over that. But when you look internally and you go, what do I need to work on in order to clear this so I don't have it keep coming up in me? You have control over that. And that was empowering for me. That was like, I can change the narrative here. I can make a difference here. And empowering was where I wanted to be. So then I was empowered and I was like, what do I need to work on? So I know I can't stand up for myself. I know that when a red flag presents itself, I don't really know what to do with that. How can I learn about building myself up to get to that point where I can? And for me, the next step was finding a, finding a relationship where I could take like little baby steps and step forward bit, bit by bit. So I'd learn to trust my decision-making and I purposely would pick someone who, you know, what I, I like to call it a bit of a yes man situation, like someone who maybe has a fear of conflict and, you know, goes with the flow and just lets you kind of wear the pants in the relationship and like you call the shots and, you know, they don't, they're just not really interested in taking that lead um, because that was someone I knew that wouldn't, you know, push my boundaries because I was leading, you know, like, like I was calling the shots. It was on my terms. And that was what made me feel safe enough to have a relationship because I still was not at the point where I felt safe enough to have a relationship with someone who may have pushed me. Um, Cause I still wasn't certain in myself and that relationship was fine. It was good. Um, it taught me a lot about myself and I think that's what I needed. I needed to learn more about myself. Um, and what it taught me was that suddenly I wanted to be the one who called the shots because it made me feel safe because I was looking for that feeling of safety. Um, and that was something that was of high importance to me now, whereas it never used to be. It was never something that would be on my list of looking for guys, but suddenly that was everything. And I realized that this was because I couldn't say no. I really struggled saying no to things that I didn't want to do. And there was this part of me that what I would like to call it is like a people pleaser where I just wanted to make everyone happy. I just wanted to be the best girlfriend. I just wanted to be the best friend. I just wanted to be, you know, someone who didn't make waves and didn't stir up trouble and was just people were happy to be around. So what did I do? I just went with the flow. Even if I didn't want to go for coffee with that friend or even if I didn't want to go out clubbing all night, I just did it because I didn't want to make waves. And there was that part of me that when I didn't want to do something, like I didn't want to go out that night because I was exhausted from work or something, that would be so terrified of like the conflict that what if my friend turns around and cracks it at me and says like, you promised me we'd go, da 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 that I was so scared of that happening that I would just say yes and put up with it and hate it and just be uncomfortable the whole time. 
because that seemed easier to deal with than the conflict itself. So here I have a fear of conflict as well, which is holding me back from saying no. That's huge. That's something we need to work on. So did a bit of therapy around this, went and really explored that further. And I realized that this was connected to my inner child. A lot of the time, everything is connected back to your inner child. Secret side note there. Um, <laughs> so my inner child needed to be reparented. So my inner child thought she had to be a little Miss Perfect in order to make everyone happy. And that when she wasn't being that person that no one would love her. Well, my kids, we pretty much get taught that if you behave a certain way, you'll get rewarded with love. And although the roles differ, like people pleasing is a role. It is a thing we take on. I'll do another episode on this to go into a bit more depth. Um, but that's what I associated with getting love was if I am like nice, if I am just sweet and I just smile and nod at everything, then I will be well liked and I will be loved. But what I was doing in that moment was abandoning myself and what I needed in order to please and look after someone else. And that was a huge learning for me that needed to shift in order for me to find a healthy relationship. Because what happens in those situations when you're in a relationship is you just give in and you just keep saying, yeah, sure, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. And then you get to a point where you're not happy to do that anymore, but you don't know how to say no. So you just say, yeah, sure. And you get resentful and you get angry and you, there's this underlying tension with your partner. Your partner doesn't even know, like they might not even get it. Um, so that needed to shift for me to be able to feel safe. Um, because every time I couldn't say no, and every time I was picking the other person's needs before my own, in a way I was re-victimizing myself. And that is not where I wanted to be anymore. I had found what had underlined my fear of standing up for myself, my fear of conflict. And so I had to reparent myself. I had to go in there, talk to my inner child in a meditation or in a therapy session and pretty much say, you know, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to do all these things that you don't want to do. Like, I love you just as much when you're doing everything for everyone <clears throat> as when you're saying no and you're saying, I don't want to do that. And she was so afraid of saying no and saying she didn't want to do it and having people hate her. And that was where she was coming from. And that's why we did abandon ourselves for all these years. And I just sit there and go, no matter what, even when you say no, you are not a bad person. You might have a belief that, you know, unless I am always putting my needs last and putting everyone before me and helping everyone else first, I am a bad person, but you are not a bad person. You were just holding your boundaries. Like there's nothing wrong with that. And I love you just as much whether you're doing that or whether you're not doing that. And that changed the game. That, that changed the game for me. Inner child work is so powerful. I would recommend it to absolutely everyone. Um, if you ever go to a therapy session and you're like, I don't know what to talk about today. Inner child work, got your back. Um, because there's just so much to unpack there. There's so many roles we've taken on from the way we were parented. There's so many beliefs that we hold on to that we walk into adulthood with. And it's like, 
yeah, we're adults. Yeah, we, we were like might be in our 30s or 40s, but we are just really our inner children running around on the inside controlling the show because those inner children picked up these beliefs and that is what is being run as an adult. You might not have made that connection yet. You might not realise it. Um, and my people-pleasing reflected back in so many things in my work, um, in my friendship circles. Like it'll reflect back in other areas and that's how you know, okay, this is maybe something I need to work with. It's not making me happy anymore. It's not giving me joy. I'm just resentful and frustrated and exhausted all of the time. Maybe it's time to let go of this role and parent my inner child. And I realized that to be able to say no and be okay with it and not feel guilty about it is a form of self-love, is a form of treating ourselves with love. And I realized I didn't love myself. And maybe that was something I needed to work on. And learning to love myself, it is a journey. It is not something that happens overnight, but it is the best journey you will ever go on. Like I recommend it highly because once you love yourself, everything around you shifts, the people you interact with shifts, like the standards you hold for others around you shifts, like, Things get better and that's, that was what I needed in order to attract healthy relationships to me, was to be able to look at myself in the mirror and not just hate on myself. Because every horrible thing we've ever been said, for some reason, will linger in our unconscious mind. The lovely things will go in one ear and out the other, but the horrible things will get held in some memory bank for your worst moment and then will pour out. We've been programmed to hate ourselves. I don't know if it's a consumerism thing. I don't know if it's just society, you know, you know, people who love themselves might be more outspoken. I don't, it, it, I don't know where it comes from, but that is your general way of being is not loving yourself. And it's sad. We need to change that in society because when people are loving themselves, they're not going out and hurting other people because they they don't want to do that. They're focused on their own stuff. They're focused on what makes them happy. They're not stuck and resentful in places they don't want to be and then taking it out on the world. So loving yourself is a game changer when it comes to attracting respectful relationships. Um, and that was my next step. Forgiving myself was huge as well. There was a time where I thought forgiving people would um, you know, solve my problem. And then I wouldn't have to hold on to it anymore. And it would let go of the trauma for me. And so I tried to forgive the person who did this to me and it didn't really make much difference. And it wasn't until I realized, hey, you never forgave that 15 year old girl for being sucked into this. In fact, you hated on her for that and you blamed her for that. And I had to forgive myself. That was a game, another game changer, another growth area where it just like, changed everything and I'll probably do a podcast episode on that too um because it's, it's it's long enough to talk about for ages and and forgiveness is one of those touchy subjects that I think needs to be handled in a certain way um but that was another huge step forward in my journey of self-love and finally the next piece after that was I needed to know my boundaries Boundaries are what help you feel safe out in the world. Boundaries are what 
where you end and another person begins. So someone else might think that it's a great idea to, I don't know, go skydiving. And you don't think it's a great idea to go skydiving. Boundaries is what you put in place when some when your friend tries and comes to convince you to go skydiving with them, but you really, really don't want to do it. Um, being able to identify what boundaries are, number one, is a challenging task in itself. Um, a lot of the times I had to work backwards and it wasn't until a boundary got crossed that that is how I worked out. I have a boundary around this because for me, it is so easy to just go with the flow of what other people want to be doing that it really, I really had to take that step back and go, what do I want to be doing here? Am I actually comfortable with this? And it, was, it wasn't until sometimes that that got crossed that I was like, this is not okay. And I am feeling aggression now and I don't normally feel aggression. And that is my sign to say, you're uncomfortable with something here. Let's reassess it. Let's reevaluate. And then once you know what you're uncomfortable with and what you're comfortable with and what you're, you're for, that's when you can set your boundaries, right? And you I, writing them out, I find is always helpful. Um, I have a whole workshop on creating strong boundaries. If you want to come along to that, the next time I run it, let me know, hit me up. Um, so writing them down, so you have full conscious awareness of what your boundaries are. And then the next and arguably the most hard step is to verbalize that to the world. So, we don't often have conversations around what our boundaries are. We don't often talk about that. I feel uncomfortable in these situations. Don't put me in them. Um, often we will just avoid because it's just easier than having that conversation with someone. But being able to voice our boundaries is everything because then the other person knows, oh, I'm making them uncomfortable. And they will either choose to not make you feel uncomfortable or to continue make you feel for making you feel uncomfortable, which going back to those red flags, huge red flag if someone can continues pushing past your boundaries even when you're uncomfortable um but you have to know how to voice that for them to even have an awareness of it sometimes because we all have different boundaries a lot of people don't even know what boundaries are for example i was going on a date with this guy and he was like i'll come pick you up from your home and i have this personal rule don't feel comfortable with you knowing where i live until at least like two three dates when i feel safe and comfortable with you then you can know that's fine um, because you might go on a first date and you might not get along at all and it might get creepy and there's a whole bunch of safety reasons behind that so this guy was like I'll come pick you up at your house and I was like oh no don't and I, I went for the avoidance strategy back in the day I will admit it um, oh I'll, I'll actually be out that day before we go so why don't you just meet me at the restaurant you know <laughs> And he was like, oh, no, no, it's fine. I can come pick you up. It's all good. Like, don't worry about it. Like, um, we can make it later and then I can come pick you up. Like, he was like, like trying to help with my already out excuse. Um, and I didn't think this person had bad intentions. I just literally thought they didn't get it. <laughs> um, which, of course, they didn't because I didn't, I didn't truthfully verbalize exactly what I was saying. I avoided it and I made an excuse um, because that was easier than conflict. And he asked me again, like the fourth time. And then I was like, okay, that's it. I have to be, I have to be honoring my values here. I could just give in, but then I'll feel uncomfortable. So I just said, look, I don't feel comfortable with rent, like random people I don't really know coming to my house. Like it's our first date. I'm more than happy to just meet you there. Don't even worry about it. Um, 
And always when you send those messages, there's a little bit of uncomfortability of like, how are they going to respond? And he was like, oh my God, yeah, that's totally fine. No worries. I am not pushing any uncomfortable boundaries. Like did not even know that that was what you meant. Like apologize. Like, of course, I'll meet you there. Um, but without actually verbalizing that, he wouldn't have even clicked that it was a safety thing for me. It wasn't, it wasn't just a, I'll meet you there. So these, this is what helped me overall to get past my fear of men, let go of the trauma and finally be open and ready to open up my heart again and let someone else in. And that's, that's where I met the man of my dreams, someone who loved me as much as I love myself, someone who respects my boundaries, someone who is so in tune with me that sometimes when a boundary is being crossed, they know it before I do. Um, someone who treats me like a princess. Um, it's out there. You can have it just as much as anyone else can have it. It just takes a little bit of work sometimes to un unhinge those patterns of behavior that are ingrained in us that we have learned our entire lives um, that have held generations of people and women in these patterns of people pleasing and doing things they don't want to do. Um, it is such a big thing that I think once we shift these patterns, like the world will be irrevocably different forever. And I feel like our generation is the generation to break the cycle, break the patterns and do it our own way. So yeah, this is how I went from fearing men to, to being engaged to one. And I hope that you've gotten something out of this and I would love to hear any feedback or any comments. Also, we're looking for amazing presenters. So if you know anyone or if you are someone who has been through something and has healed their heart and is ready, because even that's another whole new step, ready to share their voice in a public forum, um, please send me a message. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your ideas of what you want to talk about. Um, because this platform is powerful and I want you to be able to share your voice. I want you to be able to teach the world of how you healed yourself, um, what techniques worked for you. Um, that's, how, that's how we change the world, guys. That's how we shift. That's how we heal. Um, because there'll be inevitably people who come to this podcast like, oh, how did you get through that? Or I'm going through that right now. So yeah, would love to hear from you. All the best. Much love.